0: Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and tonight we're going to be discussing cosmic horror with Sherlock Holmes
1: and Neil Gaiman
0: and Neil Gaiman, yeah, and Lovecraft. It's, I mean, they're not actually here.
1: Well, what was the what was the fancy term that we found for it? It's a pastiche. Oh yeah, a pastiche. Yes, yeah, a pastiche. Uh, Neil Gaiman did a pastiche of the Sherlock Holmes story made a a narrative that mirrors it and placed it into the world of the Cthulhu mythos that H.P. Lovecraft had created. And so the stories are A Study in Emerald and then From Beyond is the other one by H.P. Lovecraft. Why
0: exactly did you pick these stories, John? I'm very curious, actually.
1: Uh, So I chose A Study in Emerald because uh, it had been introduced to me as part of a anthology collection that someone else had read and it was in one of my literature classes uh, for San Diego State and so uh, the assignment that we had for the class was to read these anthology series and see if we can add in our own story into the anthology that existed already and so studying Emerald stood out to me because it was such a clean like insert into a world that already existed and sometimes it's a little easier to do that When you're creating your own stories. And so Neil Gaiman, in this case, did a really good job of making his own version of Sherlock Holmes that exists inside of, like, H.P. Lovecraft's story.
0: I I do kind of have something to relate, relate to that. That's not necessarily in the story, per se. Yeah. But last night, I was playing a game of Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was telling you about this. And so I had to make, we all showed up and it was a brand new session. So we all made characters right there on the spot, rolled up characters for it and everything. And I was trying to think of like an archetype or somebody, who am I going to be? Right. I wanted to RP. This is a more of an RP heavy game sort <laughs> of deal. So I wanted to get kind of into it. And I was like, what's a character I know really well? And I binge Frasier sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I love Frasier. It's great. You know, it's like, you know, a good friend of mine got me onto Frasier not too long ago and was like, you need to rewatch Frasier. So I did. And I've been getting into it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to name the character Crazier Frane instead of Frasier Crane. So you just, okay. Yeah. And then... um I said that I'm like I'm just going to be Frazier. I'm just going to do whatever I think Frazier would do in this particular in moment. this scenario. Yep, and just be. But my name is Crazier instead. It was really funny that the DM is trying to call me Crazier, but he wants to call me Frazier. It was yeah. really funny. Uh, but my friend next to me, yeah, and but it but it's a Lovecraftian uh, Eldritch setting that we're in, where okay. there's like spooky spooky things going on. So it was like relating something like the pastiche is imitating the work sort of how it's written and whatnot okay so that's what uh Gaiman did with the study in Emerald um with uh what we were doing in game though was kind of similar though in in a way it was like we're taking taking the show Frazier because then my you know my uh my buddy who was working with me or not working with me but playing the game with me decided he's like hey Frazier has a brother I'm like yeah Niles so he's like I'm gonna be Niles, frame, Miles, Miles frame. OK, so he named himself. And then I went even deeper and was like, it's like, all right, who's one important person to you? And I was like, my dad, Barton. Frame. <laughs> he's an ex cop who was shot by a mugger and he's right. paralyzed, kind of, and has a bad
1: leg. And I'm taking care of him at my house. OK, and he has a dog that I hate. So so, how does this game play out? So you choose your character, and then are you? It's ba-
0: well, you roll your own. There's like some. There's not really classes in it. It's okay. more so it's percentile based. So you roll percentile dice to determine what? whether. So you roll um two uh ten sided dice. Yeah. One has like like a like zeros and numbers on it, and the other one just has uh just has single digits. One okay. has double digits. One has single digits. Yeah. Um, and so you basically roll those to determine the outcome of certain events instead of rolling the d20 like you do with dungeons and dragons okay or those other systems gotcha. so it's different uh and more so the skills are more broad there's more there's more a more eclectic selection of skills there's like your how well do you know archaeology okay how well do you know uh, do, uh, specific languages how well do you know them Like that sort of deal. Like, oh, I have a, if I want to succeed on, you know, a check with this of my skill, I have to roll, you know, up to or below a certain percentage. So if I only have a 30% in my German in this game...
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like that makes um, it easier. If I'm
0: uh, uh, there's pilot piloting is another one. It's set in the 20s usually. Oh, okay, is where it's set is where it's usually set. I had like psycholo- psychology and psychoanalysis and ch- and uh, persuasion was my other deal. So I was like the party face, and I was that's just a, able. To yeah, I was like, that's people. a crazy
1: combo to use in mm-hmm. a role playing game.
0: Yeah, it was really fun though because I got to t- and I failed sometimes too and had to deal with that. What kind of monsters did you run into? No monsters. We ran into none. Um, the whole the whole adventure that the dm was running so far is that um the backstory for everyone is we all have to have gone to the same high school okay in uh in a what arkham arkham michigan oh god so we're in arkham michigan yeah. in the 20s and we like you know hang out at speakeasies and we you know do stuff like that and i am I am i write my my deal was i was crazier frame and i was a what is it a psychology like a psychologist who also writes for a newspaper and I write psychology articles okay. with Journalist. self help with help for people. Yes, I'm listening.
1: Oh, okay. You know, sort of, okay. Sort, of, okay, got sort you. of
0: deal. And, um, so that was it. And I was crazier and it was a super funny name, how, but did you um,
1: guys like, how did it
0: end? Well, well, the, we didn't end. We're still, gonna yeah, We're gonna gonna say, playing, still going to play. We're going to playing. But basically what ended up happening in, in the storyline is that we all had to come to the same high school. Our principal gets, uh, dies. um, And basically, there is a painting that survives a fire that takes place in one secluded room of the house that he's in. So, he dies in the fire. Everything in the room burns except for the painting. Ah. The rest of the house is also fine.
1: That reminds me of, uh, what is the story? The the painting of Dorian Gray. Where, like, his painting ages instead of him. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, of the more horrible things that he does, I believe is the story of that one. Though yeah. this painting that would just like looks really weird and occultic and okay. whatnot, so it's just really strange. And like the man like drew the painting a whole bunch and <laughs> stuff, like our principal did, and it was very, 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 very silly.
1: That reminds Not me sure. of when we played. Uh, what was it Betrayal? of yeah. the House on the ha- what, how, what was our, the What name? was
0: our scenario that we got out of that?
1: Dude, we got a few. One of them was, uh, um, I think. I think the whole house got picked up by, like, a bird, like, a giant bird or something. Oh, so we really? had to fight each other for parachutes.
0: Yes, that is that is one I do remember. That
1: was doing. one of them. Another one, uh, I think a person transformed into, was it Frankenstein? Was a, It was so, like... Somebody becomes the... Yeah. yeah
0: somebody always becomes the like, against the party. Yeah, they turned into scenario. the monster,
1: which is a lot of fucking fun, because that happened with me, where I got to be one of the monsters. I think it was mm-hmm. Dracula is the one that I got. And then I got to hunt down the rest of the players who were like severely outmatched because I could move like 10 spaces while they could only move like two or three. Uh, so no, it was it's just good. cornering them into like the little areas they were trying to explore the house. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It's a fun game actually now that I think about it. We it's should amazing. totally play that again. But so, okay. So the stories, let's do a quick rundown of the stories before we get into them. So a study in Emerald. Do you remember like all of the main plot a study homes. a
0: study in emerald is basically is basically the the pastiche of sherlock holmes yeah set in in england yeah england yeah set in an england or britain britain well, england well is in britain. it's
1: not they don't necessarily specify because of like the alternate world that they're living.
0: Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah absolutely but basically the old ones are very much among us and it's kind <laughs> of like not uncommon knowledge no sort of deal yeah. so um, like the queen is, you know, is is one, one of the great, is old one ones. of the great old ones, and they <laughs> have to like. I think sh- like uh, the would be Sherlock and his Watson go to like talk to her and get information.
1: Uh they give her information. They give
0: excuse me, yeah, excuse me, they give her information
1: because uh, well she's curious because there was another great old it's one visiting. Merz. Yeah, so the so the original story from Sherlock Holmes was a study in scarlet, I think is what it was called. Oh, okay. and then his version was a study in emerald.
0: Understood. So basically what happens is a great old one is murdered.
1: Yes. From another place. Like in this case, it's like a Germanish. That's why this is person. so weird. That's yeah. why it's so
0: weird to read about because you're like, why do they care about oh, it's because they actually have to work for the great old ones. Yeah, so that's why they're investigating it. That's exactly.
1: Pretty, yeah. So she's very curious to know why he was murdered while he was visiting britain to see her or the area that she lives in Mm -hmm. um and what's even funnier is that they're like supposed to be in this time period where it's like the 1800s but the old ones defeated humanity like 700 years prior to that event Mm -hmm. so like this could be a very futuristic world but still like has the technology of the 1800s so it's like a completely alternate universe that they're living in but anyway. One of the old ones gets murdered. These two are trying to figure it out. So they meet with the queen or the great old one who is in charge of their area. And then they try to go and find the murderer. And then they end up going to a play, right, where the play is about... Uh, the pl- I think one of them you mentioned is about, like, actually, like, Sherlock Holmes. And there, so you get, like, the story within the story. Yep. <laughs> and then you get the other version of it, which is kind of explaining, like the coming of the great old one like it's like it's meant to be like a positive thing like you know in Game of Thrones when they have their little play about the the, the royalty there Mm -hmm. and they're like really good characters they do the same shit where they're like oh like the great old ones are the best leaders like we need to follow them and worship them and then one of the dudes who's a part of the show doesn't believe that he's just like no like they are terrible and he basically has the right idea he's like they're terrible they're like eating our minds they're like taking over the world they need to be like like disposed of and so he ends up being like the quote-unquote villain of the story yeah <laughs> because they're trying the to rash. find him yeah which you mentioned something earlier what does it mean uh
0: it explains it in the story too i think it's it's german for revenge i believe oh, okay that's I taken believe. straight
1: from it's taken straight from the story then straight from sherlock holmes there you go Yep. yeah because that's what happens in uh studying scarlet they find a woman
0: they find uh, so they find the dead woman yeah yeah but in this one that said they find another dead old one and then he's like ha 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 you'll never catch me right and so okay it was the old hobbling man
1: so we have this one what happens in the other one from beyond this one is by hp lovecraft
0: from beyond is much much simpler it's a really long long written it's um, long-winded he's wordy. long-winded um big wordy archaic archaic wording is really what you'll do what you'll go <laughs> with like lovecraft loved archaic language like really old he was like the super conservative when it came to writing yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure everything other than poe is garbage basically was like his <laughs> his whole ordeal well, and so he
1: was like he wanted to like be in that gothic aesthetic so badly oh yeah really he really <laughs> wanted to go there and he just
0: and he just i mean he, he made it for for what it's worth to a, to a point but he created a different genre entirely through his uh striving to be equal with yeah, that
1: he made cosmic horror yeah
0: and but but um yeah exactly and this is a good example so um you've got um what tilling tillingsworth
1: tilling hast
0: tilling hast thank you sir yeah tilling is the name of the uh, a doctor who uh, creates a machine that enhances your pineal gland to allow you to see the truth. Yeah. Which is what any city hippie will tell you when they offer you <laughs> mushrooms. When you need. In
1: this case, it's an alternate reality. Uh, you no, know,
0: I believe, I believe they just see the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, like you they- get to they- see the creatures that yeah. are like hanging out.
0: Yeah, exactly. You get to see the creatures that are responsible for like allegedly everything Yeah, sort of deal. So this is another, it's a very classic trope of Lovecraft to, you know there is something bigger than yourself, yeah, and then if you deal. find
1: out what it is, it'll drive you crazy,
0: yeah, exactly and so okay. in this in this case, it drives the narrator so crazy that he decides to shoot at the machine when um when his pineal gland is enhanced, and he sees these crazy gelatin beings that eat each other, and you know, I just you know picture some jello, just you know you know
1: what this nerdy. reminds you of the sentient yogurt. From love, death, and robots. Oh my god! Do you remember that that short? Super silly.
0: (laughs) I just imagine like two just big like just big buckets of yo play just murdering each other, and then it freaks this man out so much that he shoots at the machine, destroying it and causing his the professor to have a terrible seizure and
1: die. I just imagine it being like this bright pink. Gelatin-looking thing mm-hmm. for some reason. Like I always imagine them that they're pink. I think it was too much of like the '80s movies, like where you saw like Ninja, ninja Turtles and shit, where you yeah. got to see the the ooze that came out. That's what I always think. Or of. I even
0: ooze the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, not about that. Yeah. Right. There you, go. there you go. That's a. That's a. Blast. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we have both of them. They're very similar. One is like almost built into the other one. Those very much like a paying homage to. H.P. Lovecraft sort of uh, mythos that he had created. Um, did you like one better than the other?
0: Um, I honestly, until we started talking about it more in depth when I met up with you today, uh, before we started recording, I have never read any Sherlock Holmes or oh, enough to okay, know. gotcha. So the story didn't mean nearly as much. I was like, this is supposed to be a Sherlock Holmes story, but I'm not connecting on where the Sherlock Holmes yeah, is. Yeah, He okay. would have had to have literally been like, so Sherlock Holmes does a thing, and I'd have to hear someone call him Sherlock for me to have picked up on it's that. It's really
1: small. Otherwise,
0: otherwise it, is, it is a completely different story in its own. So I guess really I have to commend uh, Gaiman for being able to totally take a style recreate it and then put his entirely own spin on the entire, like the whole premise. So I really have to commend him for that. Um, there are stories of Lovecrafts. I like better than this one. And I thought that I thought that um, from beyond was really like really kind of just boring and bland <laughs> like, in comparison to his other works that he's done. Which ones
1: are you thinking of
0: that you really liked from?
1: from I don't Lovecraft? know. I like
0: mountains of madness and oh, like, well, rats yeah. in the walls and um,
1: what's what's rats in the walls again.
0: Rats on the Walls is just really classic and creepy, where there's just like a man and like, he goes down into it. It's been a long time since I've read it, but I do remember he's just like they're in the walls, they're in the wall. It's like that sort <laughs> of like it's like that sort of like thing, and you hear nothing on the microphone because he's dead. Whatever was in the tomb killed him. Oh jeez, sort, sort of deal. It's like it's like things like that. Um, I like I like the Reanimator story. You know, Herbert West reanimator is pretty good. I um, love Reanimator. Uh, you know, Call of Cthulhu. Can't go wrong there. Um, pretty much most of the Cthulhu mythos stories, like that mountains and whatnot. It's been a long time since I've read his stuff. Um, relating to Lovecraft, though, i have been reading another author who was a a big uh, friend of Lovecraft's. Oh what? Which was Robert Howard. Oh, okay. Robert E. Howard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it is Robert E. Howard, but because I have been miss, I have been fucking up that poor
1: man's name like so much. <laughs> uh. Well, I know that he hung out with like. A small group okay. of people who all well, exchanged works.
0: Well, here's the deal. So Robert E. Howard is from Texas. Okay, he lived in Texas for like uh, for all of his life. He lived with his mom. Yeah, and basically, um, when his mother grew horribly ill, uh, he offed himself oh shit so that's the end of M. Um, he was famous though for writing the conan stories so conan yeah. the barbarian and making the and creating the hyborian age oh, that it, was his <laughs> entire his and that was what his setting was called was the hyborian age
1: uh so it's like just one age of like several he made or that was the main one he focused that was on. the age that okay. he made yes okay. he has notes and
0: stuff on it that i haven't gotten to i actually have a few conan like a Big Conan compilation, like eight hundred yeah. pages. I'm shit. excited to go through. Yeah, it's all the. It's like the most preferred reading of stories in a oh, certain way. Oh, okay. Um, the first story of K- Conan is a pretty fucking cool character. Yeah. I know this isn't necessarily horror. It delves into it a little bit, and some Conan stories cross over into like Cthulhu mythos territory.
1: Well, yeah, because he's dealing with. Some supernatural things at some point. Yeah, often right? oftentimes very yeah.
0: supernatural. So like the first story, which is the Phoenix on the sword. Yeah. I believe is like the I first remember that story. Is the first story that Conan is ever was ever in. And yeah. he's already king in this one. He's already king of uh Aquiliona? Aquilona? Aquiliona? I'm I think not is sure the name of the uh one. is the name of the is the name of his area. Uh and he uh the story starts off from the perspective of a group of bandits that are coming to overthrow him. And a sorcerer summoning this, like, crazy, like, black dog creature. Okay. And so that's that's where that story is. And then it goes into Conan's dream, where he dreams that this, like, thousand-year-old sorcerer comes to him in his dream and says, Conan, people will come to murder you. <laughs> oh, my god. And sort of, sort of deal, like, take my symbol to protect you in these times, blah, blah, blah. And then his sword lights up with the symbol of the phoenix in his dream. And he wakes up in his room with just moments to prepare himself for this attack that's coming. And there's still like the shining symbol on his sword that actually came oh, through with the dream. Okay. So this group of 20 dudes come right running in and <laughs> Howard's descriptions of violence are just fun. They're just fun, dude. This is like, then these are from the 30s, twenties, thirties. Yeah. This is like the OG sword and sorcery. When these guys attack him, the describes Conan shoving his sword through the top of a dude's head and then breaking it off at the hilt. And then the crazy demon dog shows up during this assassination attempt, you know, after he's already hacked his way through a bunch <laughs> of them. And then he stabs the crazy demon thing with like his shining sword after he's already been torn to shit by it and whatnot. And then it's just like, you know, his servants come cause he fends off all 20 of the dudes. It's fucking Conan. He's just gonna, <laughs> he's just gonna do it. Cause it's, that's, right. what he, that's his deal. Not that he doesn't get fucked up though. Yeah. He so gets he beat stops up him and out. Yeah. you know, He's just like you know. It was this old sor—I forget the sorcerer's name—but he's like from a thousand years ago. He came to me in a dream, and his servants like, "It's impossible. That's not possible. You are a delusional, man. I'm <laughs> telling you the truth."
1: You know, <laughs> Conan being all like angry because they won't listen to him. Oh my god! Uh, I, I hope I, there's this, like there is a bunch of explanation points in the book, just like how you're describing. I mean, it. I mean, pretty much. It, it seriously is like that. Like yeah. he just
0: shouts at them and tells them, like, "You're fools, men, <laughs> all of you." For listening to me and, and they all are just you know like hey eh, conan yeah. we're gonna patch up your wounds Relax, stop being dude. a big stop being a big bitch you know like what the hell you know sort of deal and then they see his sword and they see the phoenix symbol and then the the grand priest freaks out and it's like oh, it really was from the blah 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 and they all like you know i shit want themselves this to be it. a
1: short story or like animation so badly oh it's so good <laughs> it's so, it would be so good it's
0: so fucking cool um i loved it um and the first thing that you see of conan he's writing a map this is the first thing you see. He's creating a map of uh, his of his world, and okay. then all the worlds that he's explored. So he's not introduced as a violent ind- like character.
1: Yeah, he's not like immediately the barbarian. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. until
0: later sort of deal where you see his other ones. The next story that I'm reading with him, um, he gets uh, attacked by a dying wizard with a spiked ring that touches his arm and it makes him fall over like paralyzed. (laughs) And so it's like, it's like, it's awesome shit. Like I dig it. I'm super excited, excited to delve more into this book. This is like, gotta be part of the original works where they started pulling. Yes. It's all all I I refused. I refused to read anything other than Howard's original stuff. Yeah. So, because I was like, I want to only read their author's original stuff. And you know, it is definitely dated um, Lovecraft and Howard definitely did not um, did not waver. Uh, well, you know what? I would say that they were different. They're both they were both fairly racist for, their, for, oh, for the time yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. Um, Howard not so bad though. I mean, they're no. both named Howard. That's the funny thing. Yeah, because technically Howard Philip Lovecraft. Yeah, um, but, uh, and then the <laughs> nobody other one is ever Howard. says it. <laughs> yeah, so they were both they were both um, kind of like that. Except I would say that from what I've heard, because I haven't read all the Conan stories, but from what I hear, there was a little bit more nuance in Howard's views on race relations and whatnot which is something that I was curious about because I was curious like does this author did he hold harbor reviews like that because it was how he was describing some characters Yeah, because they, they live in like a really dusty very sun dried area so I would imagine him describing characters as being black and like darker skinned and stuff yep. would make sense to me he's trying to distinguish um, them
1: in his stories it made sense that he would run into people that were darker than himself absolutely and then, yes. and then was discussing the mm-hmm. differences as far as like their tribes yeah. and like their their traditions yeah. And, and even
0: but and that's the thing like i remember one of the other stories is a black man that captures him and yeah he and that's from conan's point of view it's this is a black dude attacking me and so, sort of idea and that's basically how he describes him and they both like comment on each other's right like he'll be like stupid white dude and then like <laughs> like it's kind of like that it's like that back and forth they describe yeah. each other as you're a black i am a white sort of idea and that there's a separation there that is obviously distinguished so i don't know if that establishes like a lesser than, or that there just is a difference in the setting.
1: Uh, I think in their setting, because he is, uh, it's like before when H.P. Lovecraft set most of his stories, yeah. that they weren't dealing with the same kind of things. And and then he also True. did it as they were both warriors. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, and it's like
0: one is capturing yeah. him, and it's more so like, and so it makes more sense. So in Howard's, in... <clears throat> In um, Roberts, in Conan and whatnot, I think that it's more nuanced. And I've heard that there's other stories where it's like Conan has like a predisposition towards black people already, where he's just kind of like, I don't really trust them. They might be kind of dumber than me, sort of idea. And he has these. I've read that he has had these ideas, and then later on, he has to work with that group of people. Yeah, he's. And then it he out. comes around. To them, essentially, is the whole deal.
1: That could so, have been like, that really could have been the author himself also dealing with some stuff, too. Where he I know, was, like, exactly. He's That's working through too. it himself and wasn't it so yeah. overtly about it. I think the reason why H.P. Lovecraft gets a lot of flack for what he did is because anything that was like the other or monsters or things like that, yeah. like he, he related like black people straight to like rats and like, oh, yeah, really, yeah. His, like, was, low his was creatures. Much, more, much more vicious. But he was, like you said, he was very conservative during his time period. He was like he was expected to be like a certain way. He chose certain words and like descriptors
0: like that. I mean, I said more so conservative on like his language usage because he wanted, he really craved classic like classic language usage, and he loves archaic language that sounds that's ridiculously difficult to pronounce. And oh, it's like we
1: mentioned too, like he wanted so badly to be part of the gothic aesthetic that had been created by Poe. So So he was like wanting to emulate most of it. He has a
0: really beautiful poem. about poe that i would love to read but i can't remember what it's called oh it's pretty good i know what you're talking it's a fantastic poem i gotta be
1: honest i was reading that i'm like this is kind of gay like he was (laughs) he was like super into it like he he really 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 respected really respected poe like to the point where i'm like he might have just like (laughs) really wanted to meet him (laughs) (laughs) truly lovecraft just wanted to blow poe that's all we know and (laughs) Really though, it was like I remember reading it. I'm like, this is kind of like sexually aggressive in some ways. Like this could be read a certain way, and I don't know if he did it like just by accident, but like I want to force Gabies on (laughs) posts
0: so that we can can make beautiful writing children. Oh man, that's the ending of our aesthetic.
1: But you know Uh, what? Uh, I saw an article not too long ago that they uh, they took away the award. For in literature at a certain university that used to feature um, the bust of H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. they took it away because people felt that it was like two races to be used in like the time period now. And so like, it's no longer used anymore as that as an award. And people were like, they were split about it. They weren't sure if that was something that they should have he, done. He created horror. He
0: created a genre and he was influential to horror. That's what, yeah. I mean. That's what I mean. I don't mean he created horror. I mean that he was very, he was super influential And it's like we wouldn't have a lot of works without him, so it's really important. Uh, What did he ever do with any of those views? He wrote angry letters about them (laughs) that that got that did nothing. That were the same shit that every other you know like douchey white person during that time period was was saying.
1: That would be my only. That would be my only like thing where I would be like, I'm okay with whatever he was doing because. Mm -hmm he wasn't like going out and having rallies yeah, mm-hmm. and like shouting to other people that they had Dude, to he change was like, their he minds. Did,
0: he was his, his, I think a lot of his hatred comes from like a mental illness stemming from agoraphobia that, that <laughs> yeah, definitely was... plays. If you're, if you are so afraid of literally everyone from like, you know, that's not from your little <laughs> tiny community. Every single person is going to be fucking strange as hell right. to you. And if the only vision of another culture is that you see, is like they're poor or right. they're immigrants, the people who are like on the go somewhere, you're not going to see them in their best, their best. You're going think... to see them in like, at like the cl- close to like breaking point right. as anyone would be in those situations. Yeah. You know, cause the people that are coming over to uh, like to his area and American one are not, these are not wealthy people. These are people that are trying to find a better like situation for themselves oh, at yeah. the time period. So it makes a lot of sense why he would be freaking out about stuff like that is because his whole (laughs) world is getting rocked right now. Some people handle it a lot better than others and some people (laughs) develop mental illnesses over (laughs)
1: Right excellent yeah. oh, so much. I think he for sure had something going on. Oh, yeah, don't the absolutely Yeah. You know, and I think
0: it, it goes without saying that it, if it weren't for a lot of really terrible people, we would be missing a lot of really
1: good art. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's always I hate that so much. I hate it too, man. Yeah. But I, I, I think about argue. that a lot. It's hard, it's
0: hard for me to argue with it though, 'cause he's it's not it's it's not that there would be no good art, it's just that we wouldn't have a lot of missing uh, good art.
1: Yeah, there'd be certain time periods that were like missing from the like history of it. Yeah, I bet art history majors rip their hair out over some of those things. Oh yeah. Because definitely. they have to like learn about certain artists. Yeah. And, and like
0: I mean and even then like it's it's like, you know, I've like I don't know. I try to like I try to separate the art from the art, you know I try not
1: to look at it like that. Oh, but I but man. it's more but it's easier but I can see I think it's things. easier for like certain art forms. Like if you're seeing paintings mm-hmm. because you don't know much about the painter. Right? You're only yeah. getting to see them and then anything you know about him is through like anything he talks yeah, about exactly. or things like that. Whereas like a media star, like a movie star or other people like that, you know them, you've seen them. So it's really hard to separate them. Yeah, the exactly. World, which is why like, say like Bill Cosby can't get away with shit because, because no. p- like we've seen him, we knew him as like a cultural icon and, and now everyone to be, sees
0: him associates him with, basically yeah, with rape. and he's like, he
1: can't, yeah. he can't escape something like that. Whereas like somebody who was like an artist, say like, um, who's the fucking dude that did, he did the soup cans. Um, warhol andy warhol andy Warhol. Yeah, fuck andy warhol fuck that guy
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously fuck andy warhol i will sing it from the rooftops
1: i i won so one he was he was racist he was sexist but on top of that he like didn't really create a lot of new work in the later part of his career he was just having people roll around and paint and then he would sign it off and be like yeah this is my new piece
0: his like art form was mockery of art yeah, which wasn't even that good. And, like, well, and, well, here's the worst part about those, he just made mediocre art to mock modern art to sell it literally being modern art. Yeah. And it's like this really pointless like display that where the end goal is cash grab and fame. Did you know someone tried to kill him? Did they they didn't No, they didn't she didn't shot work, him in though.
1: the stomach and he survived, but like there's a whole, like, documentary and, like, movie about it. <laughs> I yeah. didn't even know that.
0: Yeah. You're ruining fucking art. You, you, you she fucking was, lizard person oh, die. <laughs> if only she
1: had killed him right then. No. She, like, ran up She ran up to him in his studio. That studio that he used to have where, like, he hung out with all of his friends. And then she came into the studio, like, uh, with a gun and, like, just walked right up to him and shot him in the stomach. I had no idea. And I walked even out. I got to find her name. That's fucking but crazy. She was, like... Uh, Man, I got to look that
0: up. <laughs> you just got, you got to know now. Yeah. You know, it's really, I mean, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, getting onto like, you know, the art from like, like what, I mean, what, what artists like claim to do really good things, but make really mediocre art. Bono. There you go. You, know, you two Bono. are the most boring fucking bands like that's ever existed. But like, you know, he's like the classic Bono is like the classic, like, look at all the great shit I'm doing for the world sort of nonsense. And then all the art that he makes is like bullshit.
1: Oh, here we go. So it was Valerie, but, uh, Valerie Solanas. Valerie Solanas. Oh, she's Solanas. The one that shot Andy Warhol. She shot Andy Warhol on June third, nineteen sixty-eight. She shot him in his Manhattan studio. Did she have a uh, a motive, or did they cap her right after that, or what? Uh, what happened? They they got her immediately right afterwards, and like arrested her and everything like that. Um, she didn't stay in jail very long because like she shot him, and like their their the laws and everything weren't as extreme. So like attempted murder was only like a couple of years in jail. So, like, she got out afterwards. But, like, uh, she, at the time, was known as radical feminist for that time period and was like, Andy Warhol's a piece of shit. Like, he's basically, like, womanizing everyone he meets and is like wanting to use their bodies for art and like basically get them naked for no reason and so she's like i'm gonna fucking shoot this guy and like (laughs) went into a studio and did it and like (laughs) holy shit it's such a good story and like there's a movie about it too so much for the tolerant there's literally a movie called (laughs) i shot andy warhol (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's crazy that's so great i love that i love that yeah
0: it's fucking funny oh my god if nobody if nobody caught on to me being ironic by saying that that was an ironically stated thing
1: also if you want an alternative view of that story um american horror story does uh, their own version of that oh my god why yeah they did it's um shit which one i can't remember which season it is i think it's the i think it's the sixth one the one where it's like it has like people reacting to donald trump's presidency oh, no. and like him coming in and like and then they have the story of like how they met a certain woman and valerie Solanas is in the show like she gets to you get to like go to one of her meetings where she's talking about it and she has like a manifesto <laughs> <laughs> i guess
0: i guess i guess andy warhol is just an example of a bad person that makes bad art in our opinion right <laughs> whereas lovecraft and howard Howard might be might be a little bit on the more like nuanced side, <laughs> but while while Lovecraft is more of a uh, a person that had some very questionable views, yeah, I mean, I can uh, understand. he was pretty blatantly racist in a lot of his views. He has he has he has some pretty blatant poems and whatnot that are out there. Rats in the Walls has a very infamous me infamous lamed cat, yeah, exactly. Which I will not utter the name of on this. Uh, thing oh right yeah yes. i forgot it, about that shan't utter that name yeah go look uh, it up but, um, <laughs> yeah go look up the name of of the cat in rats in the walls I great story i that. like the stories a lot but that's the only stain that it has it has like a big gross turd written right like smashed right on it well you nah,
1: know what it made head. me think about it too i i would understand then like say you're at a prestigious university and they're about to give you an award for literature and you receive you're like black you're hispanic and you receive mm-hmm. the head of hp lovecraft knowing as a literature major that he was very racist i can see how that would be uncomfortable and yeah. so so that's like i think uh i don't know exactly how they handled it like if they were like we're retiring this and then we're going to choose something else or if they were like we're removing this because he was racist i you know i would I mean? yeah i
0: would like like a respectful retirement i think that yeah, would be you know, would be we're yeah is, is, it's like, like better you know what i mean <laughs> at least you want to you don't want to it's nice to know sometimes where things come from. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to look fair. at that. It's fun yeah. to see where things come from. It's 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 uh, mind-boggling, you know. Oftentimes the you know there's that there's that age-old thing you know those who do not pay attention to history are doomed to repeat it sort of you know sort of deal, <laughs> you know. And it's like I heard a really good quote about that that I cannot remember for the life of me right now. But it's just, it's nice to see like influences and whatnot. And I think that looking at some older horror things and having that stuff available is a good thing. And so as long as we're not getting rid of the stories and they're still in circulation like they are, I don't see a huge problem with that, really. You yeah. know what I mean? It's no longer, you're not going to be able to discredit the influence.
1: Well, also, you no can't one's stop really it. like, no one's really profiting all that much off of these stories anymore because they're so publicly available. Yeah, yeah
0: there's no, there isn't anything. Yeah. I mean, I, mean they're, I think people get paid to. Them into compilations, yeah. Like, that's I have a what,
1: fancy Lovecraft book on my shelf right now, so exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I it's, think that is and a it's just on collections
0: the way. of his stories because it, I mean, they're probably public domain now,
1: yeah. Uh, maybe, um, probably not all of them. Pub-
0: public domain is uh, well, copyrights last 75 years.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was, um, I don't know why I thought it Disney, was Disney, Disney got it extended. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> Shit. Otherwise, what it would, would happen is you'd be seeing like you'd be seeing Tony the Tiger on like, <laughs> like in like Looney Tunes or something oh, like weird. that. Something's fucking weird like that.
1: Wait, so how do those rules work again? Like after you've made something? I'm not an
0: expert. I'm not an expert, but yeah. basically, I'm not an expert, but basically what goes on is, in, to my knowledge, to my yeah. very limited, not as educated knowledge <laughs> with copyrights. Um, at one point it was, I don't remember the exact year. I think it was like 20 years or so that it were, that it was, and then you had to get it renewed. But then Disney lobbied because Disney was so huge. They went into court and lobbied to have the copyright time period ex- like, ex- uh, oh, it's up to death. There you go. Copyright is up to your death. Seventy. It's like seventy-five years after your death is basically what is basically what happens. So seventy-five years after Walt Disney's death is how much longer Disney has, I believe, unless they get it extended. Dang. And yeah. as and. If Disney, as a corporation, yeah. is a corporation, which I believe they are, is Disney a corporation? Aren't they? Is Disney a corporation? Yeah. Can you, can you do a search for this? Yeah. Is Disney a Corporation. If they are, which is this is one of the crazy things I learned in business and music when I learned about copyright laws. This is how Disney maintains maintains power, which is a huge fucking segue from <laughs> fucking fucking Lovecraftian literature and fucking game and literature.
1: No. They are known. They are known as a diversified multinational mass media and entertainment conglomerate. Not necessarily a corporation. A corporation. But I. I wonder, a company.
0: <laughs> The Disney Company. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, isn't there like something? To my knowledge, companies can be viewed as people.
1: Ooh. Okay. What. How does that work do out? See, do you see, do you
0: see do you see where I'm going with this? Sort of, oh, so, if you'll you never give, die. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, immortality. I if that's correct. If I'm incorrect, please um send me hate mail. Right, exactly. <laughs> send me hate it. mail and please viciously correct me. But that's like one of the things. But was, Disney did have vote get the uh, copyrights extended, which is why yeah. they're so much longer. So, if anything, the whoever owns Disney currently and that copyright until they die, and then 75 years after that, that's when Disney's public domain.
1: Man, that's a lot of time. Plus, they own yeah, so much stuff at this going, point. They're never going to be public yeah. <laughs> domain. They don't
0: want to be public domain no. ever. They want to keep the power.
1: Yeah. Well, because they make so much money on it.
0: Yeah, that. absolutely. Why would you? It's, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. Why make, why let new art rise? Just keep the same shit going.
1: <laughs> okay. Wait. So, so going back, going back. So you mentioned that you didn't like this, you didn't like the H.P. Lovecraft story quite as much. I like much. some of his other stories. Yeah, better. some of his other ones. Uh, but you did like. I did
0: like the Game and Peace a lot after yeah. after more analysis and learning that it is a that it is a what is it? Partiche?
1: A pastiche.
0: Oh, a pastiche. A pastiche. I think it's a
1: French term.
0: It is. It actually just just mean like a just you literally it's like copy and paste. <laughs> you ba- yeah, you ba- well not not copy paste, but you you imitate yeah, like you imitate you the style of that author. So, but, yes, I like that one that story a lot more. both of them were a little bit too wordy for me, I think, as well, so it was really hard for me to get into them i like i like I like much simpler words when it comes to the, my stories. I like complex pots with simple words
1: I don't know i I wouldn't say that you are liking simple words as much as you are looking more for dialogue. I think I think you really like dialogue and you just don't realize it to be honest because i'm c- I'm a screenwriter i like i like I prefer the dialogue and short descriptors over the wordy language of, like, yeah. Lovecraft and some of the other, because then it's just like, I get it, dude. I get it. The bookcase is very fancy. Can we move on? And yeah, he just exactly. keeps doing that over and, and over again. That's why I can't, like, I can't read. Um,
0: it's hard for me to read, like, high fantasy now.
1: Oh, yeah. Really
0: hard for me to read high fantasy now. I can only do, like, so much. Like, the Conan stories are cool because they don't take a lot of –
1: how did you feel about, uh, did you ever read uh, A Wheel of Time? Never. Man, it's, it's, it's fucking seriously high fantasy. It's I had trouble going through the lots first of Lots of adjectives. Fuck, like crazy adjectives. They were like describing shit that you don't even know anything about and you're going to have to just keep reading to figure it out. But like they have this humongous established world already that he's writing in and it's 14 books long. And it's interesting though because the last book uh he died before he could publish it. And so his son gathered together all his notes and finished the book and published it for him. And so his his last book was published post- Robert
0: Robert Jordan's end story yeah. I've heard told like three different times. Yeah. And officially it was more so that um it was from what I hear it was a friend of his who he liked the works of and before he died he was like he gave it to his wife and said, You're gonna take my notes over to this guy and then they gave it over to his friend and the friend finished the book after he died. Yep. Basically. Um, so there's, there's that. so many people, but,
1: there was like three people I think who helped with the, with finishing the book. Cause they were like, we need to finish the story. Like there was so many notes that he had. It's huge. Yeah. It's,
0: I mean, I've never, I don't, I don't know much about it. I read like the first three books in the song of ice and fire. Yeah. And that was, that was as far as I cared to go. After that, I got over it. Now I read shit like, like Dennis Johnson's Jesus's son. And <laughs> you know, it's like 150 pages long and all the stories are short and they're about interesting things like heroin addicts and hospital clerks that abuse drugs and
1: the lar- like the main like crazy overarching story like the big big story is like a good versus evil fight like a, a great evil has suddenly been awoken and then uh, the rest of the story is basically about all of these people coming together. To fight this evil and like the armies and everything like that. It's like a, it's, I don't, I don't even know if this is like a good, accurate way to describe it, but to me, it was like a larger version of Lord of the Rings. Like, you know, which one?
0: Oh, 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 the, like uh, the
1: whole story. Like, just like, you know how you have, you have Mordor, or not Mordor, you have, um,
0: all the kingdoms, like all the the kingdoms, but like you, but you
1: have like a little, like it's an area, like you can, you have all of them Mm -hmm. and like you know what it is. Like, imagine that Lord of the Rings is like, one corner of the story yep. and then like all of this other stuff is happening like he has i don't know like 30 plus do you know nations. what the what's
0: the who what's the big, big bad evil guy in wheel of time uh like the big like you know game of thrones has right. the white walkers yeah that whole that is the big bad evil guy in that
1: from one. what i remember it is because i didn't finish it completely so i'm like still like halfway through it mm-hmm. so i don't know if there's going to be anything more but from what I read up to, it was starting to be, like, um, evil manifesting itself as, like, demons. It was, like, starting to raise armies that way. They were starting to, like, recruit mercenaries. Like, anyone who was down to be, like, a part of the evil side was like, all right, we're going to recruit you. And we want you just to start raiding and pillaging anything that's near you. And then so that's when, like, it sort of breaks out and you start seeing people forming alliances.
0: Do you think that – I've? because I've heard that there's the Wheel of Time show in development. yeah. So do you think that's going to be successful?
1: Uh, uh, do you think that stories is marketable? I think they have they have the unfortunate luck of trying to make something after Game of Thrones. So yeah. it's like there's gonna, like everything that is fantasy will always be compared to Game of Thrones now because they were so successful in mm-hmm. what they were doing, well, whether or not you, you d- liked it or not.
0: If you're doing like a fantasy drama like yeah. that, then, then Game of Thrones is be a good But I think if they
1: if they do it in a style where it was like it's less serious, Like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is really serious. Like they're not like funny, like high fantasy kind of things. Sometimes there's a little bit of comic relief, tiny bit, a little bit. But I think if they made theirs either really funny, and I'm not talking like Monty Python's like style funny. I'm like just like more humorous, where you get to like see the banter and things like that. Kind of like what they did with Lord of the Rings and shit. With some scenes where if they did something like that it would be really successful because you would have multiple shows of it. You got to like see all the characters and they have so much content that they could start making all of these like side stories with it. So I think if they did that, if they, they should wait though, they should wait like a couple of years and let the, the, the thrill from game of Thrones die down. And then people are wanting that next thing as far as like game of Thrones being over because no one's really going to be excited about it until like Martin releases his last book. And like, you get to see what he decided to do with the story instead of like what the show did.
0: I think that Martin is waiting for the show to da- die, yeah, and then he's going to r- start doing his books again. Oh yeah, for sure. Because once, because I mean, honestly, man, this last eight years, he's like, he's like, well, I've waited, you know, thirty years to release the first few books. Might as well just wait another eight. To Fucking the last dies. Two. <laughs> he's yeah, so right? old. <laughs> All that Pepsi, man. Like, or whatever, whatever, Martin drinks. I don't know.
1: I love his answers for some of the interview questions. When they're like, So, how do you write like powerful, strong women? He's like, Well, you know, I've always considered women to be people.
0: (laughs) Dude, I, I saw them. I saw one where he's speaking live and they were talking about the filming and they were just like, So, how do you feel about creating Daenerys as a white savior character? In your in your books and he was just like well in my books um the slaves are never depicted as any other like specific color they're just from all over the world and in the show when they you know do it they went to Morocco and asked for extras so when you ask for extras in Morocco you get typically the people who get our yeah. Moroccans yeah. and then they
1: like it just these two people just shut the fuck up like really
0: quick yeah. after saying that I'm like you're not like what are you trying to do right now man like he why? was like
1: upset that they didn't understand certain like production things where he yeah. was like that's yeah. just what happened he like,
0: didn't, didn't seem me. he didn't seem like upset about it he was just like this seems really silly that you yeah. would like point this thing out because it's not my fault that they did that right and consider this also about the show maybe runners for a moment and yeah, exactly. And I'm am trying I, to
1: think yeah. if he ever gave any like serious like descriptors for someone's skin besides like the main characters. I don't think he as ever as far did. as I did know he. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I remember Marine being Maureen was part of Feast for
0: Crows, wasn't it? Yeah. See, I didn't get to that Feast for Crows. Was not my book. Was not. I was one. <laughs> I did not get as. Well I only into. got
1: through two and a half books.
0: Yeah. Oh, you just got through the first two. Yeah. Storm of Swords is amazing. I need to go
1: back and like continue reading
0: it cuz it's so good. But, oh, you you know what? We I need to talk about something. We're in a really interesting time right okay. now, John. Because we've got three
1: huge
0: fantasy series that are all ending like this year. Okay, which one? This Game of Thrones. Okay, Game of ending Thrones. Ending this year. Yeah. The Avengers. Yeah. Came out today. That's the first end to like an era. Yeah. Of a fantasy. And then Star Wars. Oh, they're gonna. Well, do you think Star Wars is ever gonna really end with Disney? But it's the yet? end of the Skywalker. It's the end of an entire like of an arc.
1: Are of they an entire the saga huge, though?
0: Like that's what I've been hearing. I mean, hearing that's the end of Skywalker. Shit. So it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy you know
1: what's uh and now i'm just thinking about it in terms of like super high fantasy it's like the a- yeah. the end of an age yeah I mean, to... I mean i mean yeah exactly but it's, <laughs> it's
0: sort of like a um an end of like these are all of these stories follow follow the typical pattern we're both you and i are both have both dabbled in the writing uh, yeah, dab yeah. we dabble <laughs> and um uh but, so i think we're both familiar with the hero's journey yes yeah and so i mean it's a really like you know pretty like almost cliche all, to bring all it up. of them have it though. all of them do have it yeah, yeah. and when all these ones end what stories are going to be next? What follows these?
1: Uh, I think it's going to leave a huge void where people are going to be able to bring in independent stories and start creating new things that were like, this is the new whatever. Uh, And so they're going to start making stories like that. Like, I think it was kind of like how, so I sort of, I, I feel like I'm missing my opportunity to get into a lot of star Wars shit. Like that's like, for me, the ultimate goal is to like write something star Wars and like, be a part of the official canon, and then like I'll be like yes, but I feel like I missed out on the opportunity because of the way school worked out for me, and so like these last few movies are gonna be made, so I'm like now I'm gonna have to like try to get into some sort of independent work where it's like can I get on a TV show like about Star Wars or something like that, but besides that like it's a good time for like indie work to kind of move forward and start making things. Also, people are doing remakes and live adaptations of a lot of good stories. Like dude, we were talking about it before. They're doing the. um the live adaptation of Kawi uh, Bebop.
0: Oh yes, yes, we were talking about that.
1: <sighs> <laughs> you are not. I happy. have an opinion. You're not happy with the casting, though.
0: It, mm, the only person I've got
1: a problem with is
0: is is spikes is spikes casting.
1: Uh, so main don't main know. character Spike is. I, I'm
0: uneasy. I'm uneasy about it. That's the, It's not a hatred. It's an uneasiness. <laughs> well, they chose Johnny
1: I, Cho. I believe is the person they he's chose. He's the part. guy from
0: Harold and Kumar went to White Castle. Tommy, no.
1: But I, I, he's been in so many other things besides that myself. I haven't seen. Sorry, <laughs> you gotta watch it. Yeah. I all think, right. All right. All right. All yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, think, no, I
0: Like, I'm not. What's the fuck is his name?
1: Um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, his name is John Cho. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I just don't know. I because when I look at John Cho. I don't. I don't see Spike. So I understand why when you see John show, you're like, "Oh, that's the dude from Harold and Kumar," because he's like most well known. Well, that, that
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I know that he was typecast, but even like I've seen like the trailers for the other movies that he's gonna like that he's going to be being in and whatnot. I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but he had like kids and there was a car involved and there was a computer with faces of a family or something on it, and I just don't know. But I. It's like when I look at that and I look at Spike and I think of, like, the mannerism. Maybe, you know, but the thing is, I'm going to have to wait until I see it. That's really all it amounts to is I'm going to have to wait right. until I see it. I was, like, jumped on really hard when I said that, too. I was just like, oh, they were like, what the fuck do you have a problem with Cho playing this character? Why do you have a problem with that, Mitch? Just, I don't have a – it's not, like, anything against, like – I just it just is weird to me. I don't get
1: it. Uh, I don't get it. No. I think – I like it. I, I think I like it because uh for me, so like, I know like, so like this is now it's like, this is where my opinion is. So like, yeah. this is what I like his, uh I think he looks the part. Like if he, they just shift his hair a little bit, let it grow out or whatever they're going to do so that they have his style. And then he, when he gets put into like the suit and everything, he's going to have the same like frame and everything. Mm-hmm. So like, for me, it fits in aesthetically. Like he's going to be fitting in just fine. I don't know about his voice, because his voice is iconic in the animation series because it's voiced by that one guy, um, and, I,
0: well, it's got it. Th- that's the thing. I'm just like I'm just like if you're gonna be Spike, who's like one of the main draws of Cowboy Bebop, you need to nail it. Like it's well, that's like, fair. You know, like that's, that's it. Good, that's all it is. Yeah. I just have high expectations yeah. for the role, and I don't. I see it really hard for someone to pull that off, and I don't know if if Jon Cho is going to be the guy to do it, but we will see. The only way you know you know John John the only way we're gonna be able to figure know if John Cho can do it John how is, is if he does it when he does it right and when when it happens we'll have to see it you know and then you, maybe it's gonna be great I just don't know uh, I, I, I have no definite like you know I'm gr- I'm glad that they cast an Asian character in an right. Asian character's role that's 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 cool you know what I mean
1: well I yeah just, the creator yeah it matches up with the creator and what he was looking for there you go and then. But like it's I think it's hard for them to do the adaptation and like please a lot of people because of the way that it was made, so it was made, and then it had the the um the voice actor it had um I just looked it up, it had Steve bloom, he's like you know his voice from so many things and to try to replace that voice is going to be really hard for people like to not hear that voice coming out of this character because of how much you've attached it to him. So I can see how that would be like an immediate turnoff where it's like, Oh, this isn't the right guy for whatever's going to go on there. But like there was even people who were upset about like jet getting cast as like a black guy where they were like, no, that doesn't seem to fit. And then both people and then other people were like, what that fits perfectly. Like that guy that they chose for it is perfect. And then the girl that they chose for Faye is like, "What? Like this looks fucking awesome. This is gonna be really cool."
0: Well, I, I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to see how it goes. I'm I, I honestly, I mean, I don't have much of a. I'm, I'm much of a say for for um, Jet and Maze Maze characters because I'm just like, I'm just like, I've never, I don't know how they act. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to like, you know, be portrayed in the show. I just don't know. I we hope ha- we, they... I don't have the script. I haven't seen any of that, so I can't tell you.
1: I'm sure he's going to have them, like, sit down and be like, I need you to watch, like, all yeah. of this. Yeah. And then, like, you, can, you know, watch the entirety of Cowboy Bebop, which is, what, like, 23 episodes. It's not, like, anything crazy. And then uh, – 26 and then, episodes. Yeah, there you go. It's, like, 26 episodes, and then they get to see all the mannerisms because they do a good job of showing what each character is like. And then that, once they got that, then they can kind of get into it. I think it's this is a good job for, like, method actors where they're, like, they're trying to, like, figure out what it is this kind of – like, start but, living like that. But,
0: John, here's one thing I want to bring. Did you see the live action uh, Full Metal Alchemist?
1: Okay, that was terrible. But the reason why it was terrible was because like it was made by completely separate people.
0: I know, I know, I know. But see, it's stuff like that that makes me nervous. Like, and you know, you know, the Akira movie. I don't want a live action of that. I don't want. A live I want them to stop writing. and fucking yeah. to Shoot the goddamn director. Burn the script. Give all the money back.
1: I feel like that's so much weight though for like wanting to do something like that Can't. because because the original animation is so good. That like I feel like there's nothing really that you can do all, to adapt it.
0: All you're going to do is, is put a bunch of CGI
1: it. bullshit in there yeah. and it's gonna look cheesy and it's I gonna agree. cheapen the whole
0: thing yeah. and I'm gonna and I'm not gonna go watch that fucking movie. <laughs> Fuck that movie and I'm not gonna watch it. Cause oh, Akira just go watch actual Akira and then there you go, you can see Akira.
1: <laughs> Man, I watched that not too long ago. That's st- it's still cool. so the good. The animation's so
0: fucking cool to it's watch. It's also
1: crazy because didn't the didn't isn't the year like 2020 in there?
0: It's been so long since I watched it. But probably, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like coming up on like we're about to pass up the year that it was supposed to be in there, and like there was just this huge nuke that goes off. Like it's so crazy. That's a good story. Damn, that was a really good one. How do we get here? <laughs> you were no, you were talking about um, things ending like big, big. Like saga things, like saga fantasy, uh, sci-fi, like all of these. And it's interesting because they're all in different sort of like realms, like in different genres. They are culturally defining. That's it. As well, yes. They
0: are all like like the, like Game of Thrones and Avengers. Like and we, somebody
1: who takes a film class, like in the next twenty years, is, is going to have analyze. this as a part of their mm-hmm. learning experience.
0: Yeah, and and my generation and your generation, we were chill. We're like the same we're age. Pretty young, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs>
1: Duh. I was like, aren't you like a year older than me?
0: I hope don't tell me that because that means that I I'm twenty seven.
1: I'm turning twenty eight this year. Oh fuck me,
0: man! I'm turning twenty.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we're the same age. We're, we're the, the same generation. <laughs> what were we saying though?
0: <laughs> uh our generations grew up with all these with all these movies. I remember when the first Iron Man came out. It started when I was like the end of high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, graduated in 2008. Oh,
1: so. I graduated in 2009. Yeah, so I'm yeah, pretty so sure. So it was like the end of high school, we had like just gotten the introduction to what this all was because uh didn't no, wait. Did Disney own them yet? No, they 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 owned them like in 2013. I think it was think. way later. I but, don't remember when the so merge this was like, happened. This was like a risky venture what they were doing. They were like they were approaching comics and being like, "How do we make a live adaptation of this humongous world?" And so they started with they picked out like a certain story arc and were like, "We're gonna run with it. We're gonna make." the Avengers initiative is what they were going to do. And like, we got to figure out everyone who's going to be in it. So they like, they had to have Iron Man like fucking hit gold. Like they had to be perfect. And so you watch Iron Man and it's still one of the best Marvel movies that's out there. Cause it's just like, they it had they, to be, they cast it perfectly by having Robert Downey Jr. Be Iron Man. Cause he's this cocky billionaire who like really gets the shit beat out of him. And then he realizes like what he needs to do after that. And it works out so well. Even the second and third movies are really good for the Iron Man series. And then you got like the rest of it. So yeah, that was, that was definitely like one of those like cultural things where it became like everyone became aware. Well,
0: man, just the first Avengers movie yeah. was the first time anyone had seen so many movies right come together into one. And Oh, have that seeing the Avengers, thing. the first Avengers, the yeah. first Avengers movie. I was blown the fuck away by that. movie. Well, I that's like so film
1: cool. history. Like to see something like that, where you get to see that many heroes on screen at once. Like, there hasn't been anything like it before that.
0: And then they've done it a bunch of times now where the story's gotten even more harrowing and intense. More dramatic, too, is something else I've noticed as well. They're getting more and more dramatic.
1: Yeah, as you get more emotionally attached to the characters, it is becoming more serious for people where they're like, we don't want you to kill this character regardless of what happens in the comics. Yeah. Which is, like, completely different story arcs and things like that. But like they chose what they wanted and they're creating their own sort of story out of it. And it's like it's entertaining in a film aspect. If you really want to go for like accuracy and like small detail, you just go read the comics and like you'll enjoy the comics just as much. Because like the story with like Thanos and all the other ones, like he like they don't even like touch on it in the movies. But like the original reason he does it is just to impress was Lady Death. He like, yeah,
0: it's some weird, like, it's some weird. Well, what's funny about thing. that
1: is he wants to impress Lady Death, but Lady Death is completely in love with Deadpool yeah like so like funny. her and deadpool like like they just have sex regularly and like he'll oh go and god. visit her and shit and like he's like "Hey, oh, hey what's up and it's like his typical like asshole self and thanos is like i killed half the universe for you why don't you love me it's really weird oh my god yeah these are, these the shit's hilarious
0: demigods just being fucking petty <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh but you know, hopefully I'll see Endgame sometime sometime this week. Yeah, I, I'm hoping And no to one as spoils well. it before I fucking watch yeah. it.
0: You know, honestly, I gotta say, man, the internet's been really kind to me.
1: No, you've never had anything spoiled? Nothing
0: spoiled, no,
1: nothing spoiled. Um, oh, fuck. You did? No, no, not, oh, not for Endgame. Right. Um uh what is it? What oh, Game of Thrones? Star Wars. Star Wars is spoiled one of the Star Wars movies was spoiled for me. Oh yeah, that that sucked uh it's it's been out long enough now where i can fucking say shit about star wars but like when han solo gets killed that was like spoiled for me and so i was watching the movie the entire time being like i swear to god if he fucking dies in this movie i'm gonna be so fucking mad and like Mm. and then like it gets to the end there where i'm like oh he's having like a tender moment with his son like they're about to give each other a hug and then he just fucking (laughs) lightsabers him straight through the chest and you're like well he's dead
0: i i have found such a uh varied opinion on fucking star fucking star wars on like all of those movies <laughs> i think we talked about this already before because it's still the buzz
1: but right yeah well yeah. yeah we talked about it in like the third second or third episode we were talking about it um yeah we got into like a big discussion about it oh my god did you see the trailer for the new one
0: yeah it's pretty cool dark Sidious and all of that fun stuff
1: apparently he's he's gonna find his way back who knows how that's going to work I, out. I
0: wonder what they're going to.
1: It doesn't surprise yeah. me though. Like he, he's talked about it several times that he was able to like transcend death basically. And like took up different bodies. So like snow could have just been the henchman or he could have been one of the bodies he had and he just went somewhere else. But like, he obviously wasn't that important. He got cut in half like that.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering if maybe there's more, they're like, they're extending the story a little differently. Whereas the other star Wars movies were like arc, Climax of arc, end of arc
1: Yeah, I think they were really getting shit on for that
0: Whereas whereas now I think the more modern movies Are a much longer story being told
1: Or you know what I think they wanted to do? I think they wanted to like Kill the narrative that already existed like, they were like, check this out. You see these characters? They're dead now. We're going to make something new, and you guys need to get the fuck over it because it's not for you. Yeah, and, like, I they mean, just, yeah. like, and they're I, moving I mean, forward. The
0: whole, the whole deal is it's just, like, it's just like all of the complaints that people have about the movie, I just don't agree with them most of the time. Or right. The new movies. I'm just kind of like, I think it gave the series a kick in the ass that it needed, but why are we as adults, why are there adults that are having so much time arguing about movies that are made for kids, dude?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, are you, it's like, made by Disney, released by Disney, PG thirteen. You're, you're
0: getting upset. You're getting upset that there's a black dude in your kids' movie. That was <laughs> a
1: weird one. People were really upset I'm about really that. Upset. Like,
0: I thought it was awesome. I was like, "This is fucking cool. Yeah, look at the diversity in our fucking cast now. This is fucking rad." And I didn't. I, and also, you know, I kind of also didn't care to mention that in the first place. In the back of my mind, I silently go, "That's fucking cool that they're putting right. a, like they're putting someone that's not white in their own in their own show." But I don't feel the need to go and start blabbing that to people as a reason to go see the movie because it's not, it's not that shouldn't be a reason. You know what I mean? That shouldn't be. Right. I wish it wasn't. You know well, what I mean? I wish it, should it wasn't. Be like a reason. the norm. It should be. It like, should just be the yeah, norm. It should yeah. just be fine. I get you. And so I try not to. I try not to do that. And it's like you know, there's never. I can never win. <laughs> no. being 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 a white person in america i'm fucked no like I'm, I'm fucked on trying to talk about race relations and ever being seen as oh like moderately okay <laughs> i'm always ignorant on some part of the conversation nah. <laughs> oh, a little bit a little bit you've known me for a very long time john
1: well you know what i've known you long enough to know that you've had uh like really serious changes as far as Truth. your outlook goes true like when i think when we first met uh, we weren't quite on the same page for a lot of things. And yeah. then as we got to know each other and talk to each other about things, we realized more about each other and had that willingness to like listen and take in some of that. And then it, it changed. It, it turned into something that was different. And it's like, it's why we're still friends. Cause like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with you if you were like a blatant racist, is really what I'm saying. Yeah, at. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, as opposed to my non blatant racism. <laughs> <laughs> as to my right. My <laughs> subtleties. <laughs> no. My really subtle, like. Right. <laughs> exactly and and so so in some ways i think that is that is part of the issue is that um i can understand a uh an angry upset feeling about people talking about race and not knowing what they're talking about but at some level you are going to have to explain some things to people and you're gonna have to like get into that dialogue yeah and if you're unwilling to do so then you're essentially stopping a, a learning moment i think yeah but i am more i'm i i am in a better position to do that myself because because i'm a dude because i am mexican and i'm fairly light-skinned so people are very likely to listen to me as opposed to somebody who's very dark and like straight black or or, like very like hispanic or indian and they don't like no i don't like this opinion so it's like not me knowing that I engage in those conversations constantly because it's yeah. like something that I can do. So it's like there's different levels yeah. for it, and people can figure and it there's out. A,
0: there's also a place. It's like I f- oftentimes don't feel that I have a place to speak on some things. Like nowadays, like so at one point when I felt that I had a liberty to speak on everything, I just sometimes just I just choose I'd rather not too much. Well, sometimes. it's a good
1: thing. That's what you figured out. You know, you don't have to get into. You don't have to be the expert on everything. Yeah, exactly. You don't
0: have to. You don't have to explain, come up to everyone, and be like, "I know a thing about this," even though I still do that with useless knowledge all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: Did you know that
1: stuff? Well, speaking of like talking about that, it reminded me of so so the one of the stories the the study in Emerald. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy that they made sort of like they made fun of the queen. So the Queen of England in that story. Is one of the great old ones, and so I think it's a hilarious like parody now because the Queen of England is still alive and she's really old and like doesn't seem to have any sort of notion of possibly dying. Like she's just when when, when did Gaiman write this story? So it's obviously not like he didn't write it while she while the current Queen was still alive. It was a different Queen, mm-hmm. but it's just funny because like they're so old and all of the like their rulerships that they can just kind of get blended into one. And so, like, it's always sort of been the story of England, right, is that they always had this queen who fucking lives forever, like, super old, like, they always lived to be really, really old, and then, like, they have all of the jokes in the movies and film where they're, like, long live the queen, and, like, they always, like, will drink to her, things like that. Do you remember uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yes I do. Do you remember when he's in Africa and is like in the like house that he's staying in where uh there's like a picture of the queen on the wall mm-hmm. and like <laughs> they're like all of them are like yeah long live the queen like they're standing up to like drink to the queen of that time and then um one of the dudes who comes in and tries to kill them is like running off and he walks outside with his rifle and he's like, Oh, and then he puts it down and he's like, yeah, of course you can't make that shot. And then he puts on his glasses. He's like, I hate getting old. And like brings up the, he brings up the rifle and shoots him at like 300 yards and you're like, Oh, okay. Shit. And it's, it's fucking, um, it's Sean Connery in that movie. You know, remember? Yeah, 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 no, I do remember yeah. Sean Connery being in that movie. Anyway. I still remember
0: that particular scene with the Queen, but it's still funny. That,
1: that shit is hilarious. <laughs> but basically, I thought it was funny that they. I feel like there was always uh, subjects of England who were like not huge fans of the Queen, and so like they would make like jokes about it. And then there was other people who were like long live the Queen, who were very much in support. And so that was, like, the separation of, like, their politics. Like, do you support the monarchy and the queen, or do you want a different kind of rulership? And so that's always been their sort of struggle, which now, like, the monarchy there is not really, like, in charge. They're more of, like, figureheads for the country, for, like, anyone who wants to still have that, like, really old prestige of having the family. And then they don't, like, really run too much of the government. and But they are, like, in service. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, sons who are like joining the military and then like they get to be the royal prince or whatever in, in the army and so that made me laugh because she was one of the great old ones and can, and i i really like the the image of <laughs> the current queen walking yeah. out and then she like suddenly transforms just has a tentacle hand right like it That's like it. slips out from underneath her dress yeah. or something <laughs> and it would just work out that way it'd be pretty funny i think no. it'd be funny to see something like that
0: i would definitely like to actually see like a like a live action like you know uh, uh what shadow over Insmith and stuff like that or Um, Some of Lovecraft's Lovecraft settings would be very interesting to see like a story done in them or like a like an actual script written for them or a show or something done because there's not a lot of them have been like super low budget and kind of lame. Right. Not as like I want like a serious grimy like well written like Lovecraft styled like horror. I don't
1: think anyone's been like wanting to pick it up recently yeah. we're not we're not in the it's not ready yet i think d- it's the it. cultural consciousness it's like the zeitgeist it's not like we're not in the realm of wanting to see that type of horror
0: yeah we don't want to see cosmic horror right now
1: um i think what people are super interested in is like you said they were really interested in sci-fi like well, more of like Star Wars ish sci-fi, not like really deep thinking, like intellectual sci-fi. Not Dune. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Dune. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, you want a fucking Dune movie? <laughs> yeah, let's Where do that. Had one of those. Yeah, and no one. I'm still not sure what was going on. Nobody understood it. That's why it bombed. Like yeah. they didn't read the book. They didn't wa- like. They didn't know what was happening in the movie. So when the dude was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a fucking movie exactly like the book," people watched it and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, it was just a failed version of Mad Max is what it ended up being, where it's like, but Mad Max is totally different. Anyway, people want to see fantasy, like, they're, I think they were missing Lord of the Rings, is really what it is. They were like, we need something, so Lord of the Rings kind of, or uh, fucking Game of Thrones, filled that void for it. <laughs> and then Remember? like, Star Wars was like, star wars was like it existed for an era and then existed again and then existed one more time and so it's like they're like they keep coming up with the new generations and like being able like like we got the prequels which unfortunately weren't that great but it was more star wars like i was still excited to like see more star wars coming out and like they were connected to like video games and shit that were coming out during the time like you had uh the pod racing game that came out on like gamecube and shit
0: those games were cool
1: which were like a fucking good look like they were a good amount of fun to play those and then you got to see the kid racing on screen and so like you're a kid yourself that means like you felt like you could possibly be one of those pod racers so it was a good translation that was a good for yeah. like the people who were watching it for all the kids who were watching it and then to see like the origins of these characters i
0: don't think the new star wars movies really have like a child for children to latch on to really in the movies no not
1: really most of them
0: are like all adults for the most part so that's an interesting bit
1: uh, I think they chose instead to go with the leads uh, as approachable characters, so to have a black lead and then to have um, the main Jedi be Rey. A diverse, a yeah. diverse selection of characters. Yeah, they were they were going more for that, and then like because y- you're watching that movie and you were expecting Finn to be the new Jedi, and then yeah. and then like the the lightsaber goes flying to Ray's hand and turns on. Like that was one of the coolest scenes I think for that movie.
0: I, I am no. Who's the hero? <laughs> I am no man.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I love that. They should they should redo that scene with that line. Uh yeah. I he's like no on man. his knees, he's like, No man can kill me, and then that's when she pulls yeah. off her helmet. I am no man. <laughs> That's wow. the best. Yeah. I love I,
0: that. I, we recently just did a uh a Lord of the Rings like watch of all the movies where we not not a nine in one sitting, but we'd like over a few weeks we'd right. like watched them each movie individually and got to that part and we were all like, everyone, because we'd already seen it. We were just like, Here, she's going to say it. She's going to say it. I am no man. We're like, whoa. Yeah, freak out. All freak out over that part. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was great. It was awesome. Oh, I love that. Um, it's It's got to be one of the best lines delivered in a movie. It was pretty that awesome. Yeah. Like, I have no man. For her to deliver that line, to have like just the way that he decided to end that character, to be like, look, like this woman is going to kill him, and she's super badass has been fighting, like, the whole time, like, people didn't know. It's like that in the book, too. Yeah. Her arm, yeah. she's
0: also uh, in the book, according to, man, I really wish I could bring like, some of my, like, super, like, crazy, like, hardcore Tolkien nerd friends yes. on here, because they'll get into it. But she, he would, like, uh, but she, her arm is, like, destroyed from that, from just from yeah. hitting him, from stabbing him. It just, like, shatters every bone in her arm. Oh, like, man. she is she's crippled forever after that. Oh, shit. Yeah, she does not, like, in the book, like, even in the books, so if I'm not mistaken – according to super token nerd friend uh she's right. crippled for life after that she has one arm after all well,
1: I would imagine that she gets rele- releasing all that energy yeah from him all, like, all dark, that just, dark energy yep. just fucking goes straight into her arm yep brutal man <laughs> man those movies are great i want to i want to go and rewatch them again
0: they're fun they're just they're just really fun movies man they're just good 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 adventure stuff um i just want to see some cool conan movies now the only Conan movie, well, yeah, we. Were, I was gonna mention that. I'm really dumb that there was like Conan movies in the 80s, like a whole bunch of them. Like,
1: wow. well, I mean, it was like, but Schwartz they were really, either. but they
0: were really cheesy though. Yeah, they were. Very, they were like cheesy and not as cool. Cheesy. And like, I want like a, and like the newest one with Jason Momoa was shit. It just wasn't good. Holy shit, they did make a new video. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I saw it in that. theaters because I was kind of excited about it, but then I didn't like it at all and I was like, this is really dumb.
1: It's cause they keep going straight to like the violent barbarian stuff. Yeah, and of they it. don't
0: do any like they don't do any like good good some good dialogue. There's with no him fantasy or like, any, like into The it. build up to the stories and yeah. stuff, which is an important part of those 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 stories. Like I think if they went to the source material and did that, it'd be pretty rad because it's a pretty big kingdom too, and there's a whole lot of stuff you can get into. But the idea of the Hyborian Age, for we're getting back in Conan again, was that there was <laughs> supposed to be a bunch of nations that are warring for control right. of the whole, Yeah, and there's never supposed to be a single one. Conan is just one of many. That's
1: always a good way. I think, personally, that's a good way to do the narrative when you yeah. create several factions that are coming together yeah. or fighting, but because people latch onto one. He makes the
0: factions, but they're never like... Really in-depth explored. Yeah. It's more like snippets of Conan's life and his interactions with those people. Yeah, he definitely focused just on him. Yeah, it's very Conan on the character.
1: I think he was creating just enough world for him to travel in. And uh, then didn't really like flesh it out all that much. There's a,
0: there's a whole map, and he wrote a whole, he wrote essays on the Hyborian Age about it. Oh, shit. There's like stuff. There's like, he got really, he got much more in maybe, depth than we give him maybe credit. Maybe to
1: save for. himself tangents into like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, he was like, focused maps. in. There are maps. So if as you want to well. go look at the lore and all the extra stuff, he's like, here you go. Yeah, go check yeah. out all this, yeah. all this extra shit. Cause so, I would do that too. That's a yeah, good idea.
0: Absolutely. Um. I, I, um, what is it? There's a lot of people that like took the Conan thing and like you know rewrote the stories. Robert Jordan, the Wheel of Time guy, wrote Conan stories. Oh yeah, legitimately, so many. I guarantee Neil Gaiman wrote Conan stories. I guarantee you. I can look it up. Neil, Ga- can you look up really quick? Did Neil Gaiman write a Conan story? If he did, I want to read it because that's probably so awesome. But yeah, a pa- a a pastiche, a pastiche of Conan. Pastiche. A pastiche. Excuse me. Pastiche. A pastiche. It's like paste, paste. Yeah.
1: No, I don't see anything related to him. All right.
0: Well, you know, one
1: day, one day. I don't think, I don't think Neil Gaiman would would do, would do something like that. He wasn't alive during that time period. That's a good point. He's he's, he's still alive today. So like
0: (laughs) I've heard, well, I've heard Conan described as a cowboy, like a cowboy type character. Like he's, if you think about where he's written and you think about kind of how he is, he goes into a, into a town place and he would be something like, goes on down there. Conan like, fucks it up and he leaves and goes on to the next place sort of deal. Like that's his like kind of MO.
1: Oh, that's more of like, um, he's like a precursor to what the cowboy character would be. He's like Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm he's not like, saying that he he's like is a mercenary. cowboy. I'm just saying that he's like Oh, a, that style of yeah, character. Yeah, he's like that style okay. of character. Like he's kind it's of. It's an archetype. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He
0: is. He's an archetype, kind of like, yeah. kind of like that. Except, like, um, the barbarian sort of individual.
1: <laughs> I can't get Arnold Schwarzenegger's face I know, out of my head. It's not
0: as cool. I mean, I love that he punches a camel. That's cool. But, I mean, that's <laughs> oh, not He like... totally does. <laughs> but, you know, but you, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't stick a sword through the top of a dude's head and then break it off on the hill. <laughs> he's not doing it right. And <laughs> then, like, he's not doing it right. Like, he did something wrong. It's not the right thing. That's hilarious. I love that. And, you know, like, it's not even like. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I need to read more. I'll I'll have to read more and get back to you on it so I can have actual opinions. But yeah, um, but yeah, Cosmic Horror is fucking awesome. I love Cosmic Horror. Um, I love Conan. I've just been reading that a lot lately.
1: Hell yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, let's see. Before we wrap it up, yeah, I wanted to go back. Then, would you recommend either these stories for people to go and read, or like any of the authors, like other stuff? Because I know Neo Gaiman has a lot of good stuff. Gaiman,
0: absolutely. Uh, uh, if, if you can, Lovecraft is really niche, yeah. really niche. <laughs> yeah. If you, if Lovecraft is really wordy, he has a lot of cool ideas. His ideas really flourish on paper a lot. And a lot of them are like, you are kind of like, you can fill it in with your own mind sort of thing. Oh yeah. So I wouldn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't like to put one of the artworks above the other. Yeah. I fair. wouldn't like to do that because I don't think that that's really fair. And I think that you're going to get different things out of both of the authors. With Neil, with with Gaiman, you're going to get very precise language. Yeah, yeah very we were talking about way. it. We were, we were talking about that. And I, I, whenever I read Gaiman stuff, I always feel like he picked the correct word for <laughs> everything. For all of the situations, right. whatever the person says, he picked the right word for that. Hell yeah. I mean, you could say that for a lot of authors, but with Gaiman and his prose, it's very much... It, that's what I get. I get that he like picked the right word individually for every little bit that goes in there.
1: Also, if you're interested in more of Neil Gaiman's work, uh, there's currently a show based off of one of his books. Mm. American gods is oh, on, I need to watch is on that. stars. Holy shit. Is that a good show? Yeah, like, I've heard, I've heard visually whoever was doing the art direction for that. They got it spot on. Like, this is what you would I've think never, it would look like.
0: It, yeah. That's they cool.
1: pulled these characters straight out of the book and started like creating what they would look like. And then to have like, it's like they've sort of created a new version of like what would be considered like American Gothic. Like oh, those characters okay. where like the, all of the um, gods are considered uh, like certain gods of like the area that they exist in. And a lot of them are from the United States or North America, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of maybe like one of the um, he's like from Ireland because he has like a lucky coin but like besides that though like it's really spot on and they have um, they have really intense moments of where they talk about um, they talk about the slave trade and how that sort of came out and they have this whole like spoken word section where let's this guy talks about what the experience was like coming over from Africa and being brought to the North America because for them they can't talk about ancient gods and history without touching on the history of the United States which includes slavery yep. So to go through that whole narrative is really crazy. So definitely watch American Gods on Stars because I think they've already got the first season out and they're premiering the second one right now. So you could you, you could wait until the second season is done maybe and then just binge watch all of it. Because it's I binge watched the first season and was super upset because there was nothing else. And I had to like just wait for the new one to come out. But, you know, I'm excited to see what else they're going to do. I'm also excited for the new Game of Thrones episode. It's going to be coming out. Oh it's such a prep. God. Like it's a, it's, it's like, it's like watching amazing. the first Lord of the Rings movie where everything is like getting prepared and you know, like yep. shit's coming together and things are about to happen.
0: And now it's about two towers. Now Helm's deep. About yep. To happen
1: <laughs> the whole battle. This, is, this is the is biggest not, battle. This is
0: not that we, we know. See, we, here's the funny thing is we know that Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas survive Helm's deep. We yeah. know that just bond precursor yeah. of of the rings. We know the story continues. We don't know how this. one We don't goes, know who's though. gonna. Yeah, I'm who's right gonna here. survive this story, and this battle. It's gonna be. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be peeing myself because there's a lot of characters I really absolutely adore and I don't want to see them get killed on screen in really lame ways right I only want heroic epic I want bard song (laughs) death I want song I want like bards to sing it's true it's
1: it's always that's like the epitome of what you want for a fantasy story is for your hero if they are gonna die you want that heroic death you want them to really go out. That, you know what? We we talked about this in Star Wars. We were talking about Finn, how he almost had a really great heroic death. Yeah. And then that and then it was denied. ass
0: lady got all up involved and didn't need to get involved.
1: Oh, man. That was super funny. I love yeah. that.
0: And then you would have had an entire generation of angry 40-year-old white dudes who could stop complaining. Right. But, you know, I guess the showrunners saw a fit to keep them in there, so... <laughs> I, which is fine you know there's nothing wrong with finn i like finn i, I thought like finn was finn awesome too, yeah. i think finn's cool like i don't have an issue with it <laughs> i like i like that he's kind of like the he's kind of a fumbling hero yeah exactly he's like he's like he's like the guy that showed up to the D session and rolled up a character that doesn't have the greatest stats <laughs> and he's like working He'll on just it. you know with it. He's, like, he's like you know I, I i'm a fighter but i put all my points in like Constitution, uh, like, oh yeah, really, really, <laughs> really though. <laughs> he survives I can dodge. it. I know? can dodge and get beat up, <laughs> you no, know? and then like, like I don't know. No, no. He raises up a lightsaber. I. It's been so long since I watched. Well, he uses
1: he used the the weapon that was supposed to be used against the lightsaber the the like stormtrooper that suddenly just had like all of these fighting and like that was the most like <laughs> stormtrooper that breaks yeah, that breaks it that just breaks that, that like is right, typical his story thing.
0: arc his story arc is actually super cool yeah he's a, he's a soldier that leaves the army that's yeah. right I remember them like the backstories for some of the characters are super cool this time around yeah I actually. I need to. Argue, I know we're trying to wrap up, but you're fine. Uh, I think that all of the bitching about Luke's—I probably made this already—but Luke's Luke as like a character, yeah, and his whole background and everything, like it all makes sense. His whole story makes sense. I don't understand why everyone's mad about that. Like I, don't, I never understood the anger, resentment, and upsetness over any of the Star Wars stuff. And the only thing that's gonna make people happy is if we get like a legit the Old Republic.
1: Movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's honestly. the only
0: honestly. I think I'm I'm kind of sick of us dealing in the future. I want to go back to the past and watch Jedi Sith Wars. Yeah, I want to watch like full on like I want like they. That's probably where the Star Wars is going next, dude. Well, they're
1: making a new Star Wars: The Old Republic game, so people are gonna be stoked for that.
0: <sighs> is it Bioware doing it?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: That's fucking. Well, maybe Bioware's kind of lame now. So, well, I, don't,
1: I, I, don't I they're, they're kind of that. like broke. <laughs> are they broke now? I thought so. I don't know. On I don't think they have very much cash Byron's
0: got a new got their new Dragon Age coming out they just oh you're right yeah yeah they're working on a new Dragon Age yeah, game yeah
1: that's right um,
0: anyway but <laughs> I think I am exhausted discussing these stories <laughs> I am exhausted myself. well
1: let's see before we go I really just want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find we're on all the streaming services so just go and search up Bringing Down the Grindhouse we're on Spotify we're on iTunes iHeartRadio Google Play Music, so you're able to find us all there.
0: And don't forget, I don't know, we have a super slick logo now. Yes, it's pretty cool. We
1: just got a new logo. I want a T-shirt. I placed it on. We're gonna, I'm gonna honestly see about getting like some cool merchandise that we could possibly start like selling to people. So like little buttons and shirts and things like that. Buttons would be awesome. Yeah, get like the because those are super like they're cheaper to make. You know, you get like you get a good amount of them. I've I know friends who have like button makers, so I might be able to like. Get like some sort of deal going with them, get something like that, you know, so it'll work out. Yeah, yeah, it's and something then, something. yeah. <laughs> then we'll do that, and then uh, future projects, future projects. I'm really excited for new things. I like that we're exploring literature, like we've gone into like scary stories to tell in the dark, which was a lot of fun. That was that, a good one. That I was a really, a really fun, fun uh, episode to do. To it was, like really alternative to what we've been going through. I think what we're gonna head into next is some like alternative forms of media, which can include like video games like board games maybe things like that i'm i'm wanting to push towards doing something in relation to the doom video game series. Yes. I need of, to sit down and actually just play. like how culturally iconic it was for the time period it came out in mm-hmm. uh, its relation to like being next to the technology that it was being released with like the original being on a floppy disk is like still crazy to me. Like you had it's like several like the Doom games evolved with the times. Yes, that's exactly what happened. We'll talk about that yeah. on another episode. You know, we'll get, like we'll go through the history of it and like talk more. Uh, like a little bit more about it and like how it affected us and then seeing the different versions of it now and it's a it's it's an interesting game for me it's a lot of fun because it's not it's not the hide behind a box like call of duty game like you are up in these monsters faces and the only way to get ammo is to like cut one of these monsters in half and have it drop some ammo in front of you and that's just how you progress through the story It's just like a crazy hack and slash murder everything so it's like it's a lot of fun so we'll definitely do something like that um but Thanks for coming out for to talk to me tonight, Mitch, about these two short stories, even though we kinda we moved to other things, but it's okay. We were still we were we were related. We went back to yeah. it. Yeah. So thanks for coming out and I hope uh, everybody has a good night. Thank you.